Welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about taking notes in games. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about the art of note-taking in role-playing, board, and card games. Whether you're a master tactician or casual gamer, we'll explore the pros and cons of jotting down crucial information, tracking opponents' moves, and leveraging note-taking tools in your gaming session. We'll also talk about some really bad ways to take notes, because Reddit. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, and the Gift of Games and Grace Lake. Also, a huge thank you to all of our other patrons. Uh, if you would like to be part of our live recording, join our Discord. Link is in the show notes. Typically, sometime on Monday's evenings. We've been doing mostly 7.30s instead of 8.30s, but sometime on Monday is usually when we're just doing it. Um, also, you can join our BGA group, and there's lots and lots of games to play on, well... Game links to join other listeners to play games on BGA. Kitty, hi. How you doing? I'm tired. Mm. Everything mm. hurts. <laughs> Six Bodies. more weeks of living for three. Six to eight more weeks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really torn between like whether I should hope for six or whether I should hope for eight. Because like, you know, eight is like, oh, yay, like better health of the babies. That's so good. But like my body is <laughs> is falling to pieces and i would really six six sounds like a good number <laughs> yeah let's see yeah. let's see how you feel at week five at five more yeah weeks. um you know and they are also babies with their own you know decision making capabilities so they can decide they're gonna come whenever they feel That's like true it. um yeah we're just hoping for not that <laughs> Cook a little bit longer, and then... I keep telling them they need yeah. to get cuter, or they're going to get kicked out of the family. I only have cute kids. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. You do not live up to the aesthetic exp- expectations that we have for you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Bye. Um, we used to threaten my brother that he would get kicked out of the family all the time. But it was more for things like, if you don't like the same pizza toppings that we like, you're going to get kicked out of the family. Um, that, yeah, it it started as a joke with a family that my sister was babysitting and one of the siblings made that comment genuinely to their sibling. <laughs> and so we would mostly joke about it all the time. So if you don't like this movie, you're out of the family. <laughs> I like the idea, if they're identical twins, of constantly saying that you're the cute one or you're the ugly one, because that would be fun <laughs> to me. Um, they say even with identical twins, because one of my babies is currently sitting very much on top of the other one, that they'll have, like, <laughs> one of them will be, like, the smooshed twin for a while. <laughs> um, sometimes one of them will have, like, the flat head syndrome or um, torticollis, like, neck issues, because their sibling was literally sitting on top of them for nine, ten, whatever months. <laughs> <laughs> Infinity. Whatever, yeah, it uh, feels like it feels. a very, very long time that they have been sitting on top of each other in there. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And then throughout the entire life, it's like, ha, I sat on you for months. I mm-hmm. own you. Yep. And we got lots of pictures to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Fletcher, are you having twins yet? No, I'm not having twins. I have two dogs and that's plenty for right now. Fine. Uh, yeah, Fletcher and I actually saw each other in person this yes. weekend. Um, yes, we did. Our, yep, our friend was having a housewarming, so we were there, and 
Yeah. No, that was a good time. I like housewarming parties. (laughs) (laughs) We were there. We drank some alcohol and uh, we talked. Had some conversations. It was it was a good time. Um, But yeah, we are. We may have started a D and D campaign, or at least threatened to start a D and D campaign. Yeah, we threatened to start one anyway. So we're like, yeah, we could just come here once a month and play D&D. Um, I think I said that. And then everyone else who lives in the city is like, sure, I'd show up. And then I'm like, oh, wait. I yeah, you're the one who has to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, drunken Chris is so... Accommodating. Drunken Chris. Accommodating. That's, that's the <laughs> word I'm looking for. That's a good word. It's a kind uh, word. <laughs> it's a kind word. Quality time. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, no. And then Sydney went to Bowl with your kids kitty mm-hmm. yes and you you weren't there but i wasn't I there was, either so i was not present spencer and sydney hung out this weekend <laughs> yeah so yeah we did a bowling fundraiser for the kids school and uh spencer was running it so i don't know if he actually like spoke to sydney at all or if he was busy the whole time but i think there was a greeting um the kids socialized for a moment or two but mostly it was sydney trying to wrangle our kids from not going to the arcade and actually bowling, which apparently they didn't want to do. Um, so yeah, yeah. Player three <laughs> did not want to bowl, but um, player four, my daughter, my not quite three year old daughter, was like really into bowling and she loved it. And they didn't have shoes small enough for her, so she's bowling in her socks. And they kept sending me videos of her bowling in her socks, where I was like, "Don't drop the ball on your toes." <laughs> <laughs> Just don't drop the ball on your toes. <laughs> but she was loving it, and she had to go give Spencer a hug after every single frame. And apparently Aww. it was adorable. And I sat on a couch and watched YouTube. So yep, I that's, went, that's what I do. <laughs> I walked more than I've walked in quite some time. And then I realized, yeah, I really need to get in better shape. So my diet started today. <laughs> it means oh, nothing. Oh, really? What's but your new diet? it started diet? today. Um, not eating entire birthday cakes at two o'clock in the morning. That's, <laughs> that's I mean, step one. I'm pregnant with twins and I manage that <laughs> diet. <laughs> <laughs> that's just because you don't have enough birthday cake lying around. That's fair. I mean, just, there's this there. Yeah. The number one thing is we are reducing the amount of reducing our slash eliminating um, the junk food in the house there in general. Go. Um, so that's, that's step one. Step two is basically write down everything we eat. Cause, and I say we, cause Sydney's like, I ah, will do this with you. I'm like, okay. Food diary. Um, yep. Food <laughs> diaries, they work. So they do work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer has been a big fan. He's been doing, um, intermittent fasting. He likes that one a lot, which is basically he skips breakfast. Yeah. Calls that a diet. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the friend that we were seeing, like he used to do that. He would basically only eat between noon and eight was the only time he could eat. Yeah, Spencer does eleven to seven, but yeah, yeah. And then outside of that, you just don't eat anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can drink water and tea and stuff like that. Non non caloric beverages. Yeah, um, water, tea, coffee, pretty much it. And yep. you can't have cream and sugar in your coffee, which, like to me, what is even the point then? <laughs> yeah, just bean juice. I'm not sure if I'm going to go to that extreme, but definitely just being more conscious of the junk. Because, I mean, it's one of those things where I know how to eat well. I just choose on a regular basis not to because (laughs) I'm exhausted and lazy. And I'm like, well, I haven't left the house in a week, so I might as well eat this pile of 
any whatever junk food was brought into the house. Um, yeah. So that's that's my goal. That's my summer goal is by wintertime to look great. Just in time <laughs> for uh, bikini season. It's going to be gr- awesome. Yeah, just, just but, in time It's always bikini season in the Wisconsin Dells. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I just would like to not have to buy a new wardrobe. It's this the last year has been really bad. Like I do not fit most of my clothes. And that is not a good thing. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is a sign. So I stepped on the scale for the first time in a while and I looked down and I'm like, oh, oops. <laughs> oops. It's a, the old Garfield comments gets his tilt. Yeah. Who do you think is uh gonna lose weight faster, you or me? Um, I think you will lose weight faster because you're gonna have at least I'm going to estimate probably, what, 12 to 14 pounds in baby? Um, I hope for about 12 pounds. I'm hoping for like 10 to 14 pounds well, of baby. Like between five and seven pounds each? Yeah. And All then, right. um, I, yeah, I also lose a bunch of like, you know, water. Water weight and yeah. And all, all the gross stuff. So I have but- a head start. So I have like <laughs> six to eight weeks to break even on the babies. Yeah. And then we can race from there. Yeah. Um, I'm also still gaining. I'm uh, in, I think, 35 to 50 pounds is normal weight gain for a twin pregnancy. So, yeah. I also wow. just realized the amazing segue that I missed out on when I said <laughs> logging my food, which is exactly what we're talking about today, which is taking we're t- notes. We're taking notes. <laughs> Everybody get out your, your pen, your paper. I hope I'm you're gonna- prepared for class today. <laughs> yep, I'm going to retroactively uh, use that segue. So, Kitty, this is your topic, and you sent me a Reddit <laughs> link. Yep. And I hate Reddit. I hate everything about Reddit. Reddit <laughs> is is like, it is the antithesis of don't read the comments, right? Reddit is nothing but comments. And I'm not saying that people on Reddit, especially the moderated stuff, can't have like reasonable comments. It's just like a bunch of people talking about stuff I don't care about, typically, um, including this thread. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm snobby when it comes to comments. There were a couple funny things in there though. And I want you to explain this thread. Why this, cause we are not talking about the note taking that this thread is talking about, but it inspired the topic nonetheless. So, so please. We, we can start with the note taking that this thread is about. So, um, I spend time on Reddit, um, scrolling randomly through to see, I have very carefully curated a set of subreddits that I enjoy following. I would say it's maybe like, I don't know, a a fifth of the content that Reddit might have on it is interesting to me. Um, But I follow the D&D subreddit, and this popped up on the D&D subreddit. (laughs) And this is a DM. um, Wait, wait. Fletcher, (laughs) did you read the forum? Did you read this? I did. Okay. All right. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to pull up and read the real thing so um this is a dm who starts this story last session i realized that one of the other players were taking their session notes primarily in the google search bar stretched over several different tabs in her browser i was forced to interrupt the dm the d oh so this is not the dm this is another player sorry so this player was forced to interrupt the DM, and the group gawked at this for several minutes as we lost our mind trying to grapple with this. Apparently, she has over 800 tabs open currently, not all of them related to D&D, but presumably a lot. I'm at a loss for words. 
I wanted to share this, but also query the D&D community. If you have encountered something similarly strange, what other occult ways are there to take notes? And this is just a thread full of people sharing um, everything from very normal to extremely weird ways to take notes during a game session. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand the Google search bar note. I mean, I don't think I will, anyone does. <laughs> so I have I have taken a quick note or something in a Google search bar before, but it's literally like one thing that I just like quickly need to like write down because I, I might already be in the browser. So I'm like new tab, which already goes to Google and I'll like write something down or like paste something that I need to save really quick. I don't even have to leave, you know, my browser. But I feel like if you're in a note taking mode, you should just have... I don't know, text edit, notepad, right? Microsoft Any Word. Any computer like should have some sort of... If you're in Google, you have Google Documents. It's like <laughs> yeah, one click true. away. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly question the truth behind this post. I can't imagine... <laughs> and, and the thing is, what Fletcher just said sort of like reinforces, okay, maybe... Like, I would never think of using the address bar in my browser to take notes because I have a notepad that's open all the time that I can paste things into. And maybe that's just, like, my working situation. I will say that computer programmers are the number one users of notepad on their computer. Probably. Probably. This is so convenient. I have never seen anyone, like, you, Spencer, like, all three of you, like, constantly just take notes in, like, note. The notepad. I never see humans do this. This is a computer programmer thing. Um, but, you know, and I could see if you don't want to, like, pay for Microsoft Word. And, like, if this was a habit she started in, like, I don't know, desperate times. I did this once and it worked. And so I did it again. And then I kept just doing it. You know, it's a bad habit that was started. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt because not everyone opens their, like, notepad all of the time. But it is extremely weird. But it opened up this, like, thought in my brain of, like, because I always take notes while we're playing. I have been not from the very beginning of when I was playing, but fairly soon afterwards, I was like, everyone else takes trash notes and I need to do better. <laughs> I don't take notes, typically. Yeah. I I take notes <laughs> Because as a DM, you have to take notes because I'm making things up on the fly. And the only way it sticks is if I actually write it down. Otherwise, it didn't happen. So somebody Mm -hmm. has to write it down or we're trying to figure out what happened. Um, But you, what do you use to take notes? Um, I have switched over from I used to just like I flipped over my character sheet and would use the back of my character sheet and a pencil to take notes at first. That's where I started this habit. Um, but as we moved, especially like we were playing online, I have Google documents that I use to take notes in. Yeah. I typically will use Google docs when GMing, unless I don't have a computer in front of me and then I'll just Uh jot things down on a piece of paper. But, um, yeah, I'm always, I always have something in my hand. I always writing and well, and I actually haven't DM since I got the, uh, remarkable, which is kind of like a liquid paper, pencil like it it feels like you're writing on on paper it's really really nice i think i would use that for role-playing games to take notes on um because you can also export that to whatever document format you want as well but it's just like 
it's a little less screen than a computer or an iPad. Because uh, I'd use my iPad a lot to take notes just using the iPad. But yeah, Fletcher, when you're, you said Jizzos don't take notes. Yeah, well, yes, when I'm playing, I typically don't take notes or or my notes are very bad or very specific. Like, you know, <laughs> I got 10 gold or something like that. So I'll like note that down. Like, okay, my gold is up by 10. Um, but typically I don't take any notes about like people or places or, or things. I just try to remember, I guess, which typically doesn't work super well. So when Kitty brought this topic up to me, and before I read this thread and said, oh, they're talking about role-playing games, <laughs> I was actually thinking about taking notes in, you know, traditional board games, card games, um, BGA, right? BGA has a note-taking feature. And that's where my mind was. So we're going we're gonna to split the difference here. But first, I think we should scroll through this thread a little bit because there's a few of these that are worth reading. And just... Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you don't now. Uh, some of them are things like um, uh, da, 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 someone who takes notes, and their notes are. I'm gonna. I'm gonna paraphrase greatly because I. I can't find the exact thing here, but essentially courtroom drawings of the session. Yeah. Uh huh. I thought this one was really cool too. She said she uses um her iPad and Procreate, and she takes notes, and she'll like jot down like words or phrases and stuff, but mostly she just like sketches what she is hearing described to her and that at the end of the campaign she'll actually like print up a little book to give to the other players and dm yeah. of her notes of the the game yeah every dm should have a player like that in the group right um, and every player should have a player like that in the group <laughs> it's just it's so very cool to like at the end it's like oh and here's the sketch of this npc that we were talking to or whatever and it like puts a face with a, a character, and then the DM's obligated to make that character reoccur because now there's a drawing of it. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you thought Bob was a throwaway character? Nope. And yeah, so then permanent begin. But like, all right, what are a few of your guys' favorites? Um, I liked oh. the guy who was playing a goblin who took <laughs> notes with like a crayon on construction paper. <laughs> And just did it like in character notes as opposed to like player notes. <laughs> so it was not coherent or helpful. It was just nonsense. That seems very fun to me for one session and then would drive me insane. <laughs> I liked yeah. um, if there was one where a person was taking notes uh, for their DM, for their gaming session, for their Dungeons and Dragons session in Minecraft. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> They opened up like now, a private Minecraft game to create like a note, I guess, like they created like a little hut with a with a chest where you could store books in and those books were notes, <laughs> which is to me to like think, crazy. Yeah, I have to think that they just wanted to play Minecraft, but they're like, but I feel like one should be part of the group too. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the group liked it, that's that's fine. Then we have the player who was taking notes in the character's point of view, but had nothing to do with the game itself. It's just what the character was thinking in the scene and stuff. So just making <laughs> things up. And, and I'm like, all right, that's an interesting one as well. And I, I kind of like that as far as like, if you're in a role-playing scene and you just want to kind of flesh out what you're doing, that's kind of a neat little way of doing that. Yeah, I, that's, that's not something I would ever do. Um, I like Did the you, GM who brought a small notebook and pencils for all of their players because 
that remind like it's like do you also teach elementary school like that's such a teacher <laughs> move of like you guys should be taking notes so i got you supplies here you go <laughs> is that the same one where it's like but you're not allowed to take notes during the game you have to take notes after the session and if you take the notes and show me at the beginning of the next session then you get inspiration because there was another that one was, that was doing that i don't think i saw that person yeah. um i think that you should take notes in real time i think you should take like, notes while you're at the table absolutely <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to remember, like, I, so I actually pulled up some of my notes here, um, just to, like, see what I've got going on. There, um, there are a lot. Oh, no, these are Spencer's notes. Ha! Mm. Apparently, Spencer made his notes on my computer in my Google Docs thing. So I have privy to, um, the DM notes on that game. Where are my game notes? So I know I had game notes from... I do like the one that was a stenographer brought her stenography machine, whatever that is. <laughs> it's intense. I just, yeah. I just like write, wrote down everything and then printed those out. Yeah. <laughs> a stenograph. Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> That's not really note. It's not like a note taking. That's just kind of like a transcript. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a transcript. This, this isn't notes. This is a transcript of the session. <laughs> Like, all right, that's fair. Um, it would now if you're the DM to that, it's like, um, I would like to refer you to June seventh, twenty twenty, when you said da 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 da. Um, yeah, you can do the like the courtroom drama thing where it's like, <laughs> I didn't say that, and it's like, hold on, let's ask the stenographer, what did you say? Scroll, scroll, scroll. Read, you said, <laughs> read that back. But you're taking me out of context. There was visual, verbal cues in there. Kitty's still looking for her notes. I'm looking for my notes. Um, <laughs> I have a really bad habit. It's not quite as bad as taking notes in the Google search bar, but I don't name documents. So everything's so. unnamed? Untitled? <laughs> <laughs> untitled, untitled, untitled. <laughs> um, it's not quite that I used to have them sorted into folders, but apparently... Google was like, nah, we don't do that anymore. I don't know. <laughs> um, we also created really fun little like character sheets for all of the character, like the PCs and NPCs in that vampire game. Like shared bios. Yeah. So. They're like little some they're like little resumes. Yeah. Kitty has picture. this thing where you have to put a picture of a celebrity that looks like your character. You Otherwise, have to cast your it character. Yeah, it's not that it doesn't count. It just really helps me visualize. I need. I'm not good at like making up faces, so I like that. Um, it, it helps me to to get into the game more. And it was really fun when um, like so we have. Let me see. And, and you get such diversity because like everyone picks like such different things. So we have everyone from um Chris put just like a shadow. It's not even a person. He just has like a I lived in the outline. Sewers and it was a hideous, ugly sewer person. So But we have um Audrey Hepburn, Keanu Reeves, Tommy Lee Jones, Antonio Banderos. <laughs> I don't know who some of these people are even. Spencer was just Googling human, I think. <laughs> human. So Jeremy but Jeremy just mentioned something called Google Keep, which I don't ever recall using, but it looks like like kind of a OneNote thing. Is that what this is? 
I'm looking it at has it reminders now. and notes that there's like you can drag things around and pin things. Um, huh, Careful if you start using this. it, they might ki- they might kill it later on. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah, at any point they could just say, "Yep, we're going to delete everything." Mm-hmm. Have good. Um, yeah. Well, he says he's been using it for years, so maybe I'm I'm gonna I don't know maybe look into this. I use Notepad or not Notepad, but um, uh, Apple Notes. For everything because you type it in one spot and then it exists on all my devices it's everywhere yeah yeah so it's like google docs i use google docs for long form stuff and i use apple notes for short form stuff same i use <laughs> apple notes for all the little things some this just posted killed by google the <laughs> killed by google.com so oh yeah if you can trust something check that out all right let's talk about notes outside of role-playing games because mm-hmm. I think this is a contentious topic. Yep. And when do you think it's okay playing a physical game? In role-playing games, I think we all agree you should take notes. But outside of a role-playing game, when is it okay in a physical game to take notes? And what would you be noting? Like at the table? Or yes. like, okay. During the game, at the table. Don't uh, chess players oh, like take notes of previous moves that they've made? Yeah. So if you're play testing, no, well, I mean he said chess. If you're playing oh, chess. chess players, chess yeah. players, oh. chess players yes. will note each of their moves and each of their opponent's moves, and they'll like study their games later. Yeah. Uh, well, I only know that because I saw Queen's Gambit, and I I assumed that's what they were writing. That is down. also why I know this. Um, let's not <laughs> pretend like we know anything about chess. <laughs> yeah, but I've man, never is taken... that a good show? <laughs> Um, so there are some, like some games you are just strictly not allowed. Uh, usually dueling card games, Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. Pokemon, Keyforge, all those games. You are not allowed to take notes. I, I don't know. I'm always split on this. I don't like games where memory gives you an advantage or disadvantage. Um, I don't think memory is, yes, you can get, you can practice memory like memory techniques and stuff but memory is sort of just an inherent thing you're either really good at knowing numbers or letters or you know i can remember the names of you can practice it right you can practice being it is a skill you can build but there are some people who are just born really good at it and like there's only so much ground you can gain there i think is what chris is getting at is like you know yeah i can exercise my memory i can get better at this and i do think Part of that is like playing games. The more you play a game, the better you get at remembering your opponent's moves in that game because you know kind of what to expect. You know what a move looks like. So it's easier to keep that in your brain. It's just like the more you play, the easier it is. Right. And well, there is a a certain element of learning all the options too, right? Yeah. So um, I'm going to throw out a game that Mage Knight is one of the most popular solo games. But in that game there's a lot of probability right you know what the stacks of what's in the monster stacks you know what's in there so if you go there you can be like okay i've seen this this and this so it has to be this or this and there's a lot of games that are like that right we've eliminated these so it must be this and this but on your play first playthrough you're not going to know those at all on your 10th playthrough you'll start to get an idea of what could be there or not there and it takes a lot of plays before it's like okay we've seen this this and this and this so it's going to be either this or that and I think that if that strategy is part of the game, then noting down what's there feels to me like that should be 
legal in that game. Um, the crew. Let's use that as an example. And I, Fletcher, you've played with us at least once, right? Yes. Okay. So on BGA, we'll play the crew. And there's two ways that you can set the game up. You can set the game up where everything just goes you know, into the discard pile and you don't see – there's no tracking of what cards have been played. Or you can set it up where it tracks the number of cards played. If you don't turn on or if we don't turn on the track the cards played – what ends up happening is we start scrolling through the history to say, okay, was the blue two played already? Uh, where is it at? But if you turn on the tracking, all of a sudden, the game becomes not about trying to remember what happened, what could happen. It's about using that as part of the game to figure out the puzzle. It's and like just me, giving everyone photographic memory. If somebody yeah. out there has the ability to do it, why not just even the playing field? Exactly. Hanabi could be the same thing, where you don't know the data, the information of the cards in front of you. They're all faced away from you, and other people are giving you information. But there's so many things going on that it's actually pretty easy to lose track of what someone told you about a card. And that doesn't seem like if you have a bad memory, you are putting the entire group at a disadvantage in that situation. But it also feels like cheating to take those notes. So I understand both ways. I don't know. I think for me, I personally like the, you can, if if anyone knew the information, you know the information. It even bothers me in games where it's like, oh, and you get a victory point chip and then you put that face down in front of you. But everyone saw what it was, the value of it when they put it face down. So now you're trying to remember what everyone is, even though they're all face down and it's meant to keep the game a little bit unpredictable at the end. But I don't know. It just feels yeah to me. Okay, so what about games that have built-in mechanics if you have to take notes? And the only one I can think of is Clue. But I know there must be other games like this where, like, Clue is literally the game is take notes. Um, <laughs> yeah, note-taking the, the game. game. Note-taking yeah. the game. It's Clue. <laughs> you, yeah. you get information, you write it down. If you don't, you're doing it wrong and you're going to lose. <laughs> yeah. So Decrypto, also a game where you're taking notes. Uh-huh. Um, Search oh, for true, Planet yeah. Nine. Yeah. Also a game that you are taking notes. Also, did I you knew hear that there were more? <laughs> there's a movement to make Pluto a planet again. What? I, I thought that started like the day it wasn't a planet. People uh, were like, yes, but, no, bring it back immediately. How but dare I actually, you? I think one of the scientific organizations has already said, yes, it is it is a planet. And so it's just like two different scientific organizations that are like, no, we don't think it is. And the other one's like, yeah, we're pretty sure it is. Um, was it Jerry Smith? I don't know. I just watch a lot of – I watch a lot movie? of space YouTube very late at night. So I don't remember a lot of it. Just the concepts. That's the thing. My memory is terrible. It's <laughs> my short-term memory is a practically non-existent. My long-term memory is fine. And so even like what did I do yesterday? I can't necessarily recall that, but as soon as someone triggers it, I can tell you okay, everything that is associated with that. And it's just that's how my brain has always worked. I cannot recall information just off the top of my head, especially when it comes to names and dates, especially especially when it's made-up names. Um, so basically anything in a book, I just like, oh, the girl character in Harry Potter, like seriously, for the longest time, I couldn't say her name. So I'm just like, oh yeah, the girl that starts with an H and that's how I refer. Hermione is an incredibly difficult name for Americans to wrap their brains around until Harry Potter was a thing. Yes. I did not know how to pronounce that name when I was reading the book. I was like, no, like literally (laughs) 
they she had to write a scene in which the character explains how to pronounce her name in the fourth yep. book because Americans could not deal with it. I've never heard that uh, name before outside. There of is anything. a famous actress named um uh Hermione it also starts with a G, so I always want to say Hermione Granger, but that is the character. It's Hermione my dad would be so disappointed in me, but my dad was like, well, yeah, it's Hermione, like that actress. She's the mayor's wife in the Music Man, the old Music Man movie. I mean, it's um, got to be a name, right? It's, it is a name. It's a very popular. Well, it's not a very popular, but it's, it's a, a more common it's name. It's a more UK. common UK name than uh, in America. Yeah. This is going to drive me crazy. I'm Googling this. Go on without me. <laughs> well, so here's my question. Would you when it, when do you think it's like okay if we're gonna play this game I'm fine playing it but I want to be able to take notes so if I was gonna if we were playing the crew for example in real life Gingold um Hermione Gingold yes Gingold <laughs> Gingold also Gingold. showed up yep Miles mentioned that in chat at the same time thank you <laughs> everyone for confirming that I'm not an insane person who made up a human. Uh... <laughs> I don't know if this, this confirms anything. This time. This, <laughs> this particular time, human. In this instance. Also British, apparently. She was born in London. So, yes. Well, some names are very regional. Uh, but no, my question stands. When is it okay? When would you be like, okay, yeah, we can take notes in this game? Um, let's say you're playing poker. Just straight up 52 card poker. Uh, um, can I take no. notes? <laughs> if you're just using one deck absolutely not there's a reason why casinos don't use one deck for poker well that's for blackjack for poker you still use one deck but um but blackjack well, yes, blackjack's a great right. example right right blackjack's one of those things where it's like okay maybe we shouldn't allow note taking there because but i mean that's like again, literally the point of the game yes and like if the point of the game like Am I going to let my three-year-old take notes while we're playing memory and, like, flipping tiles over? No. The, the game is memory. The game, if is, the game is to remember something, <laughs> This no. is not Clue. This is not take notes. <laughs> so memory-based games, we agree. However, I will say there was a game that we um, played at work on Board Game Arena, and I'm, I'm going to tr- uh, trio. If you haven't played this on Board Game Arena give it a shot. I really like this game, except I hate everything about this game. <laughs> Wait, what? I Yes. So this is a game where I think you could do it without notes. Next week topic. Essential- Making sense yeah. of this. <laughs> Make it, no, that's... That's, that's like a oh, lifelong that's an ongoing, project. <laughs> that's a sister podcast, really. I think that's um, actually um, like Lovecraftian horror. That like the further you go, the more insane you become. <laughs> I'm just going to say, sure, exactly. (laughs) But the way this game plays is you have a hand of cards that are ordered from smallest to highest. And I think it goes from uh, 1 to 10, Uh, Mm -hmm. something like that. I think it's 1 to 10, 1 to 11, maybe. And what you can do is you can reveal, and then there's some cards on the table. And you can reveal up to three cards. So I can say, Fletcher, reveal your lowest card. And he has to put that down. And I say, Kitty, reveal your lowest card. And you put that down. And if they match, then I can, if I can find the third card that matches, then I can have that revealed. If they don't match, then I don't get to pick a third card. I just get those two. Now, 
since the order of your hand has to remain lowest to highest, I now know the low card, and everyone knows the low card in both of your hands. So if Kitty, if I say Fletcher revealed the two, and Kitty revealed the two, and then um, I picked a card on the table, which was a four, I wouldn't have gotten a match. But Kitty has the other two. So now she can say, Fletcher, give me your lowest card, here's my lowest card, and then here's my lowest card again. And you can only ever reveal highest or lowest cards in a hand. So that's the concept of the game. There's a there can be there's a more advanced version that makes it a little bit trickier. The reason I like the game is it ends when you get three pairs or three trios, three tricks, whatever they call them. Um, You win. So if you get the twos, the sixes, and the nines, you win. Or if you get the sevens, because the sevens are in the middle. So to get the sevens, you have to know where they're at, and you have to whittle down both sides and expose those sevens. So you can have no tricks, but then eventually find the sevens, and you can still win. It's a fun game, but it relies on remembering where all the cards are. And while that makes it fun in that you're trying to aim and you're trying to remember, it's like, oh, where did I see that other two? Um, I think it was Kitty and, oh, nope, she has the three. Um, it's also embarrassing when that card was just shown in the last trick. like, <laughs> And then you can't remember where it was. And I haven't tried with, like, taking notes on this one, but it... Uh, the game is fun. I hate the memory mechanic of it. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's that's what I'm saying about memory games. Maybe it's okay if you take notes on memory games. Um, I think it's a little different, too, on BGA games, especially if you're not playing real time. There's, like, a note-taking tool in BGA that is there for you. Like, oh, yeah, I need to remember. I'm going to do this. And I never utilize it. And I should. <laughs> I really should because there are so many times where I was like, man, I had a really good idea of what I was going to do when I left this game 12 hours ago. And now I'm back and I I got nothing. <laughs> I, I use it all the time. And I would definitely use it in things like Hanabi or Trio to take notes because you can't, I mean, you're playing I mean, you, many you different can't. games. And that's like a breakdown of like the what works on bga and what doesn't you know right. like they're they're not if you need the notes to even like try to play the game it's not a good game to play on bga but something like when we were playing feast for odin i number one i had no idea what was happening 90 percent of the game same with great western trail but those are games where like i should be taking notes like remember um Sydney's going for cowboys. Check that out. Like, you know, like whatever it is, just like make a note of like, I saw this thing was happening. Keep a little strategy guide for myself going on of like, if I was sitting at the table, I would obviously be noticing what other people were doing on their turns, paying attention and doing these things. But because it's separated by so much time, I think the notes are there to like make up for that lack of table experience. If if that makes any yeah. sense. Takes advantage of the short term well, it takes it, it helps compensates for not of. having yeah, <laughs> short term memory. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just have a terrible short term memory. Like I cannot remember like even little things. I, I remember concepts and I generate regenerate like different things based on concepts, not based on what I remember. Um and I'm a terrible speller. Like I'll look at a word um tournament. I just I just looked at the uh, <laughs> just a random word on the screen. I can't spell that word without assistance. And if I were to try to, <laughs> if I look at that word right now, and I'm looking at it, T O U R N A M E N T, right? Um, just presume I can't spell it. If I 
flip over and I'm not looking at it, I will get to T-O. And then I have to look back again. And anytime I'm looking up, and you know, tournaments, obviously something I know, but like Hermione, right? This is something, a foreign word that I haven't seen before. I will have to look at what it. I can remember that? like two, Hermione. What word Hermione is that? Granger. I think <laughs> I'm saying that right. Am I not? I don't know. Um, Hermione? But yeah, I'm, Close I'm really bad at it. <laughs> Hermione? Hermione. Wow. Her- no, that's too many syllables. No. You're throwing an, an, an I and E in there. <laughs> there are I's and E's in there. You don't know how to spell it. Don't tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Fine. Whatever. Point is, yes. And and so this is because um, recall of short-term memory is a very big execution function in the brain. So if someone has ADHD, it is fair to let them take notes, which I do. And I did not actually realize that this was a symptom of it. Um, until I found out it was a symptom of it. And I'm like, oh, that explains a lot because I have practically no short-term memory when it comes to those kinds of things. Um, mm-hmm. But again, long-term, like, I have no problem with that. I am I am very smart and I know a lot of things. It's just a name. You can tell me your name and I will immediately forget it. Like, before you're even done telling, if you give me a first and last name, by the time you're done saying your last name, I forgot your first name already. I do that too. Like, it's it's just it's terrible. I'm also face blind, um, which n- not totally blind. It's more of a face fuzzy. Um, but I couldn't describe you two. If someone said if I went to a police sketch artist and they said describe <laughs> Fletcher or Kitty, I literally could not do it. It would be just oh, a on. yellow happy face. No, I can't. I can't describe Sydney. I can't describe my own mother. Like I can't describe what people look like. I think you'd be surprised with a police sketch artist because they like the thing is not you can describe them really well. It's like they know the right questions to ask you to get right. a good enough sketch. Like how, how, how do they comb want... their hair? I'm just right? so like, curious. Hair, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could do it. I would be interested. If anyone knows a police sketch artist that, that wants to like have run an experiment, I would be interested to see if like someone, again, it could be Sydney. Like, okay, there was a, just describe your I listened wife. to a podcast where they did this because this person was like, I don't know if I could like describe someone well enough for police sketch artists, but then they had one come in and they were like shown a photograph that the police sketch artist didn't see. And they're like, you know, describe that person from memory after seeing this photograph for like 30 seconds. And, you know, they were, they could do a reasonably decent job, right? It's not exact, think, but it's, it's close enough. I think it's different if someone gave me a picture to look at and say, okay, you're going to have to recall details. I think I could do that because I would commit details to memory. But if I was just asked like, you know, what, you know, how does uh, Kitty wear her hair, right? The only thing I have in my mind of what that looks like is our logo. (laughs) So if you told a police sketch artist she wears her hair side parted in a long braid, I still think that would be helpful. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. So, but it's, Although it's crazy. that's our old logo. Now, I've gone through too many hairstyles for our logo. That's true. Keep up with me. I'm back to our old logo hairstyle because I did cut off all my hair briefly, um, but then it grew back. I cut off like all my hair, Like it does. <laughs> Every Monday, I cut all my hair off. That, it, speaking of memory, Zachary's like, I don't think you can remember things because you don't have any hair. <laughs> <laughs> and this is it's a reoccurring thing like he'll ask me it's like oh i don't remember because you forgot like, oh, your hair that? yeah he's like that's probably because you don't have any hair it keeps so apparently your thoughts in. 
Yeah, hair is where memory is stored, and if you don't have any, then you can't remember things. That's why yeah, I don't need to take hair. notes on BGA. It's because <laughs> my hair is so long. It's uh, yeah. Mean it's Girl style, full of secrets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> doesn't even go know. here. <laughs> Such a <All> right. movie. <laughs> So next all right, week, me and Fletcher are going to talk about Mean Girls and maybe right. The Legend of Zelda. I don't know. Hey, any have moment you been that Tears of the Kingdom. I have not has, picked I haven't up had yet. a chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I have been playing Disco Elysium, which is a great game. <laughs> no, I have not picked it up yet. I am going to probably wait for a little bit. Spencer's um, been playing. He has things to say. <laughs> Oh, we're so far off the rails. Um, card games, taking notes in card games. This is like actually forbidden in the rules oftentimes. Um, you are not allowed to take notes in card games about what you've seen or anything like this. I hate that so much. I hate it. If it's forbidden? Especially things. Yeah. So, um, and we're going to do a episode on this at some point. Um, there's a, and I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, uh, there's a new card game coming out called Lorcana, which is Disney's collectible card game it launches in at gen con and it'll be one of the hottest card game it'll be one of the hottest games of the year by far um and it likely will stick around for quite some time but there is one rule in it that bothers me to no end for no good reason but the concept of the game is well the concept of the game is you're trying to get 20 points and whoever gets 20 points first wins but you can put every <laughs> Well, each each turn, you can take a card from your hand, and you can put it face down, and it becomes like your mana. It's your, to be able, it's ink in the game, because you're an, an animator in the game or whatever, but it, it becomes ink. But So everyone, you have to show it to your opponent, what you're putting down in this face down pile, because only certain cards are allowed to be put there. But then once the card is in the pile, no one is allowed to look at that pile again. And that, to me, is such an arbitrary, unnecessary rule that it it just oh it grates on me because I'm like everyone saw the card go in the pile. Why so the, the game is, is just kind of like advanced memory? <laughs> exactly. It's like why is that secret information? <laughs> and the only thing that's telling you is like a card that they wouldn't draw, or you know, presumably they have four of each card in their hand or in the deck. So it's like I put this card here, you know, whatever. Like it's a card they wouldn't draw, and. I, I just, I don't know. It bothers me to just insert this memory element for no good reason. You could still look through the person's discard pile. So anything like that. So it's not like it speeds up the game at all because you can still look at their discard pile every turn if you want to. Um, it's just, uh, it bothers me. So yeah, note taking. Don't make games that don't require notes and then people wouldn't have to take notes. That's my, my thing on it. Uh, so what do you think about recording games? Like, for personal use, not for, like, entertainment use. Oh, like, just... You guys both look so perplexed by this question. <laughs> like, especially when you said for personal use. I was like... Like, not to, like, stream... Like, not, oh, like, I stream games, I put it up on YouTube. But, like, if you record it, if you're a competitive Magic the Gathering player... Like, some of these games will be, like, recorded and streamed and stuff. Like, what if you just make your own, you are a GoPro, and you watch back your games, like football. Watch your games back. See where you made mistakes. Where did I mess up? How could I have won this? Is that an insane idea that I have? <laughs> no. I, all right, so for most games that you're playing, idea. 
Yeah, it's not insane. For most games, but I it would doesn't question, matter. I would have a lot more follow-up questions as to why you're doing this. I don't know. My brain is gone. <laughs> do you even want me here? You're like, oh, Kenny, can you make I, I it can tonight? Just like, imagine, do you like, want me to? <laughs> playing a game in I mean, person, someone's setting up a GoPro, and it's... And it's like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, no, don't worry. It. It's for personal use. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, from now on, all games we play, I'm going to wear like the headband GoPro. <laughs> you have to look at me wearing it. It's, it's POV. <laughs> POV <laughs> game playing. <laughs> don't worry. It's for personal uh, use. <laughs> oh, but I just also like to watch I myself stream it on playing Twitch. old games. <laughs> I'm streaming it to like Twitch, the, and you guys all have to sign waivers. Monday, Monday morning. My new point of view. Myself. It's gonna. I think point it's gonna be review. really popular. Point of view board games. <laughs> First it's game what, up, dominoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it on BGA too. So you know, <laughs> just well, BGA streamer. BGAs are recorded. You can play back the BGA game up to, I think, 24 hours after it ends. You can replay the entire game. That is true. Play all the turns back to you. I think there is some... Is there something that you want to do? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. It was something I thought of. Like, because, you know, when you're talking about, like, taking notes in a class, like, some people will, like, make an audio recording of the class and, like, write notes to themselves later. Like, that's That's a thing. typically not okay. College-level courses. (laughs) Yeah. You have to ask. Well, it depends on what state you're in. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, but yeah, in most um, places, if you ask and get consent from like the professor or teacher, that it's fine to record a lecture. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I that's, think that's where my brain went was like, is it OK <laughs> yeah. to record a game the way you would record a lecture as long as you had proper consent from everyone at the table so you don't get sued for illegally <laughs> recording? <laughs> Next time you just no, say, don't Illinois worry, it's an audio is a recording. Consent. I'm pretty sure um, a lot of places you can record video, but not audio. Um, in places where you're not like, in like public places or, um, right. yeah. It's yeah. all super dependent on state. It's all super dependent on what kind of recording it is. Look up your state laws. You should know your rights. Um, my mom got in big trouble for this one time because her uh, private eye because my mom is an attorney and she would find people doing things that they said they couldn't do to prove that they didn't deserve money from their job. Um, yeah. And one of her private eyes accidentally recorded audio instead of just video. And uh, yeah, yeah. she's I do pretty find mad it, at them. Yeah. I do find it interesting that video, almost universally video is, is fine without audio. Audio is the, the big question mark for the most part, but mm-hmm. yeah. And and then for video, like you can record video of just about anybody, and there's certain off as long as there's no yeah, the it's the expectation of privacy. It's all about yeah. expectation of privacy. Yeah, but if you're in a public place, you are being recorded probably from 25 different angles minimum, um, <laughs> just because of all the cameras that are out there. You don't even realize, like ring doorbells. Yep. Traffic so cams, using- all kinds of stuff. So using your ring doorbell to record your play of viticulture <laughs> so you can play that back. All right, guys, back. next time you come, we're playing on the front porch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hold on, I have to hit the doorbell yep. again. New recording. <laughs> I don't know. I think there are valid uses 
for recording a game. Um, <laughs> but you're talking about like chess, you know, where you're writing down the moves and playing those back. Uh, the one thing I would say, and we're a little off the rails here, but again, that, that's totally <laughs> what else fine. is new? <laughs> recording a game and then watching it to see what you could have done better is probably problematic because you tend to have whatever bias it's called when you know the outcome. And it's like, oh, if I would have only done this instead of that, I would have won. But in that moment, you didn't have that information. So well, you have then to be careful. If you're in the same situation, next time you try doing something different and it might not result in a win because even if you do that, you know, like the next move will change. It's the ripples in a pond. But you have, you know, information that you wouldn't have had if you hadn't watched it back, if you hadn't paid attention. Yeah. And, you know, they're like people who play poker, like they watch poker games they'll watch the world series of poker whatever it is you know they study other people's style and play and all kinds well, of stuff here's that- one for you that we've done um railroad inc right or um next station london like the mm-hmm. daily challenges you, uh-huh. you can play the daily challenge and then you can play it again but now you know what cards are going to be coming up and if you take notes on that, then you can start to optimize saying, okay, I know that this is going to happen or that's going to happen. So in those cases, you're trying to optimize that playthrough. And there, it's like, you know, if you're just playing the same challenge over and over and over, you might as well just write down everything that's going to come up. And then you can kind of, it becomes a puzzle to solve, uh, yeah. which I think is an interesting thing. But then why not just with those puzzles say, okay, here's the stuff that's going to come up. Like, from the very first game, here's everything that's going to happen, ready, go. Because you're essentially the person who puts in the most work of noting everything down and trying to maximize the puzzle is the one who's going to win, where the person who's trying to play, like, the real way and just say, okay, I'm going to play this once and see how good I can do, they're at a disadvantage because they don't have that information. So that's one place where I could see, like, pre-providing those notes could level that playing field. Yeah, but you know, like I, it's an individual challenge, so with no limit on how many times you can play, so it, th- there's no stakes there. You know, right. it's not like, oh, well, you know, because you did that, now you're going to win ten thousand dollars. No, it's there. There's nothing. There's only pride on the line. It's just for you, and you can spend as much time or as little as you want doing that activity. Um. But do you think that you became a better Next Station London player because you spent the time on those daily challenges to think about how you could optimize those moves? And did you learn lessons about like, oh, when this um, objective card comes up, just ignore it because it never get. if I try to go for that objective, I never get as many points as if I ignore that objective or something like that. Like you learn lessons that you can apply to future games. Yeah, I don't think I needed to look at old games, like rewatch them. But by experiencing <laughs> games, it kind of becomes part of that strategy. But it's again, it's one of those things where the more you play it, the more you understand the probabilities of things. You know, mm-hmm. the first time that a lot of times the first time someone plays Next Station London, and for those who don't know, Next Station London is a roll and write where you flip up a shape and a color. And you have to draw a line from someplace that on your board to that same shape. As you, mm. the more lines you draw, the less options you have available to you because it starts blocking off things. It's, it's, it's a great game. Try it out. But when you first play that game, it is very common for people to be like, okay, but this game is just luck. If I, if I draw the right card, 
then great. Same thing with Railroad Inc. Okay, but this game is just luck. Like if I if I roll the right sides, then I'm going to get a great score. And if I don't, I don't. But as you play, you realize it's not luck, it's probability. It's leaving yourself open to what can come up. And and Next Station London is a great example of automatic note-taking because you see the cards that have all come up. So you know the cards that are left in the deck. Yeah, I would say all roll and writes to certain extent are note-taking involved games. You're yeah. you're basically you're writing down what you're seeing and um some of them more than others you will be able to eliminate certain possibilities, especially flipping rights with cards as opposed to like rolling rights cuz rolling rights, you know, you're always rolling the same dice, you're always having the same probabilities of the same sides coming up, but flipping rights as you look at your sheet that you're filling in, you should know like say you're playing welcome to well, I already got some of these numbers. There's no way like I know there's less 15s and ones and we've already seen some of those come up. So I'm not going to I can't bank on that coming up again. So I'm not going to put this number here because then I yeah. would need a one and I know there's not going to be as many ones anymore. Yeah, well, and Welcome to is another one where it's cards, but the distribution of the numbers are on a bell curve. So the uh-huh. middle numbers are far more frequent than the edge numbers. So what you do with those edge numbers matters when you see them because you're not going to see them as often. Again, mm-hmm. a game of probability of, you know, all of these, I'm not saying all these, but many of these games that seem very random, they are until you understand how likely an event is to happen. And mm-hmm. that's what you're playing towards. Um, and that in those particular games, note taking helps. Um, I've never actually, you know, set aside all the numbers in in Welcome Two and like crossed them off as they showed up, so I know what the probability of other things showing up. But you could see yourself doing that, and then you have the perfect information of what the probable nature of a particular number or ability is to come up. So I don't know. And this I think the ne- reason that people don't take notes for that kind of game is just like because they're so low stakes. Yes, I feel like. The the higher stakes a game is, for whatever reason, just like the time you've put into it, if there's money on the line, uh, whatever, there's a lot of pride between friends. The more there is on the line, the more you can gain from note-taking. Because otherwise, it's just like, why on earth would you take notes while you're playing Welcome To? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, all right, this is a good topic. I like it. Um, in general... I'm not a fan of memory games, but if I can somehow t- take the memory out of memory games, I really do enjoy the strategy aspect of them. Oh, we didn't it's even just... talk about Break the Code, another game that's just note-taking. Oh, yeah, Break the Code. I love Break the Code, except it doesn't make for a great... <laughs> it's not a great game, but it's a great exercise. It's a great exercise in logical puzzles. <laughs> in logical puzzles, yeah. The reason I don't think it's a great game, at least the way it's implemented on BGA, is there is huge last player advantage like just yes off the chart huge last player advantage um but the figuring out the puzzle is so much fun that you just kind of tolerate that and understand it's like eh, if i win or lose it doesn't actually matter i just want to try to figure out what the puzzle is it's how you play like the how game courtney always yeah courtney <laughs> always sets up the game for the number of players is the number of rounds that you play the game so that everyone gets a chance to be last player once yeah yeah and that's a great way to set it up too um but still, you can be... Courtney's oh, a smart one. <laughs> yeah. So much advantage in that last play. I think in the real game, you get a get- chance to guess after everyone plays so that you know, there's it makes it a little bit even. And maybe they updated it on um, 
BGA lately, but I don't know. I haven't I haven't played it in a while. All right. Um that's note taking. And yeah, take take note. Oh, take note that I'm changing the name. No, I was hoping you would leave them like they were. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Fine, I was Fine, I a guess break. I'll read. <laughs> I have to spell Fletcher's name right, otherwise he won't read it. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Fletcher is not here. <laughs> Fletcher. <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. We have a Discord. Join us there to continue the conversation and be part of our live recordings. It's also (laughs) where you'll find an endless stream of games you can play with us and other listeners on BGA. Links are in the show notes, or you can go to tabletopgametalk.com to find out more. (laughs) Chris will stop editing the notes while I'm trying to read. (laughs) Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener Doug, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Emil Jiljam, Danita Hersey. Are these numbers that you have in between each of these paragraphs? Is this new? I just noticed this. You can ignore them. But they're not invisible because I can clearly see them. (laughs) (laughs) Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Joke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith. Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yossi, Tolkien Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan C., Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Krista Keel, Monica Witchman, and Michael27. And thanks to anyone who's ever been a patron. Your support means the world to us, past, present, and future. If you want to go from being a future patron to a present patron, links are in the show notes. (laughs) Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So, Kitty, you you may not be back for... um, Two months? Three months? We'll see. I don't know. I'm making no promises on my presence for (laughs) literally any event at all. That's (laughs) fair. We may have to just, you know, Fletcher, you and I are just going to have to record an episode with Kitty this week each, and that way we'll have a couple in the can (laughs) that we can... (laughs) The listeners will think that Kitty's still around. And we'll give give updates as well. So we'll have Kitty baby watch. (laughs) No, we will... We will never speak of her again. <laughs> yes. She has abandoned us. Whatever. Sit in your bed and be alone. I mean, when is the last time we talked about Josh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sick burn. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs>